0: This is the Intego Mac Podcast. The voice of Mac security. For Thursday, February 10th, 2022. This week's Intego Mac Podcast security headlines include a bug has turned up that allowed Siri to record user interactions without permission. When's the fix coming? Facebook predicts Apple's strict privacy and tracking features will hurt its bottom line. Which was indirectly the point? Third parties are selling air tags that have been hacked to make them less detectable and easier to use for stalking. And breakups happen. We've got some advice for how to unshare devices, services, and personal data with your ex. Gee, just in time for Valentine's Day. Now, here are the hosts of the Indigo Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Indigo's chief security analyst, Josh Long.
1: Good morning, Josh. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Kirk? I'm doing okay. I want to follow up on something we talked about last week. We were talking about these new British stamps that have little barcodes, and we were talking about the risk of barcodes on stamps and envelopes and all that. Uh, one of our listeners, Larry, wrote in, and Larry's a stamp collector, and he explained that this is not just about the on the Sheep video that you can watch if you have the Royal Mail app, but it's also to prevent fraud. Apparently, there's a huge amount of fraud with counterfeit stamps in the UK, he said that you can buy counterfeits or uncancelled stamps in large quantities on eBay. So what's interesting here is not only are they adding the barcodes, but you won't be able to use non-barcoded stamps in a year. You'll be able to trade them in by filling out a form and sending them in after that for another year, but you won't be able to use the old, they're really
2: getting rid of the older stamps. Okay, that's interesting. I guess this is just something that everybody's going to have to use in the UK from now on. Well, yeah, all stamps are going to have barcodes.
1: That's quite interesting. And it's interesting also how expensive stamps are here. And I didn't realize a first-class stamp is 58 cents in the U.S. currently. A first-class stamp in the U.K. is 85 pence, which makes it about a dollar.
2: Wow. I wonder why there's such a such a difference between like U.S. and U.K. pricing on a stamp. Maybe because we get our
1: letters the day after we send them. Ah, yeah. It does take a bit longer in the U.S. (laughs) That's that's It is is a huge difference, though. Perhaps it's subsidized differently in the U.S. Anyway, I wanted to add that clarification. Thank you, Ari, for writing in. So we have new malware. We have new malware. It's getting common that we have new malware. We're talking about new malware often on this podcast. This is a, well, this is an evolved Mac Trojan called Update Agent or Wizard Update. Tell us about it.
2: Right. Yeah, Microsoft wrote this really long blog post where they go into a lot of detail about how this malware has evolved over the last couple of years. If you want to read it, there's there's quite a bit uh, that they have to say about it. Basically, the the condensed version of this is that this particular malware family has been evolving over time, and they're always adding new functionality to it. And of course, Intego detects it all, so you don't need to worry if you're using Intego software.
1: Okay. Well, that was easy. It is a long article, and if you're tech-minded, then you probably do want to check it out. Otherwise, just take our word from it. You're protected. So the latest beta of iOS 15.4. So we're currently at 15.3 and the developer betas are circulating. The second beta fixes a bug that caused some phones to record Siri interactions, even when users had opted out. I have never kept Hey Siri on, on my devices. Never. Not that I don't trust Apple particularly, but I don't want the thing waking up every time I say, Hey, seriously, did you? And then all of a sudden the lady starts
2: speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I've never wanted that feature enabled on my devices either, in part just because I don't like the idea of somebody else potentially being able to activate uh, my device without having to even touch it. So th- that's never appealed to me at all. Now, they did say in this article, we'll link to a, an article on Mac Rumors about this, They say that there's no word on how many recordings Apple accidentally collected, nor who was affected. But this feature itself was actually added back in iOS 15.2. It's a little bit unclear whether for sure this problem has been going on that long or whether it started more recently than that. But in any case, uh, when iOS 15.4 is released publicly, it will fix this issue. So you shouldn't have this issue anymore of Siri accidentally activating and recording information that you don't expect it to. I can understand why some people want to have this on.
1: Like when you're driving, you want to be able to tell Siri to do things when I'm in the kitchen want to set a timer, but I just use, I press the button on my watch and then I tell my watch to set the timer. It's not that much of a problem, but I I do, I mean, I know people who use Siri all the time, you know, Hey Siri, what's my next event? Hey Siri, add this to my reminders. And some people use it a lot. I just can't, I'm just not comfortable with it. And apologies if we just triggered your devices as (laughs) you're listening. (laughs) Sorry about that. So speaking of privacy, it turns out that Facebook has actually lost some money because of Apple's new privacy measures. And they're saying that it's going to cost them $10 billion. Now, I want you to think about something. We're giving data to Facebook and if Facebook is losing ten billion dollars because they're not getting all the data, which isn't data that we voluntarily give them—it's data that they that they take from tracking us in apps—that means the data we're giving to Facebook is worth at least ten
2: billion dollars. Think about that. Yeah, that's kind of insane. I wouldn't really expect that it would be worth that much. It- Until you realize that that's kind of Facebook's whole thing, right? I mean, everything that they do is all based on information about you, right? They need to have information about you to uh, use their algorithms to kind of figure out what you might like so they can sort of push it toward you. There's a lot of things that Facebook really needs as much information about you as possible in order for you to have the maximum enjoyment of using their platform. It's interesting to see that from Facebook's perspective, they're going to be losing $10 billion uh, over this the course of this year. Now, they did say in the same report that they – actually had higher than expected earnings. They reported 33.67 billion in revenue, if you can imagine that. And they do say that that is higher than expected. It didn't meet analyst expectations. So I I guess one thing to recognize here is that Facebook is still making a ton of money and they're still making more money than they even anticipated that they were going to make. So don't feel too bad for Facebook.
1: Bear in mind that this $10 billion is only because there's that new dialogue, ask app not to track. And by default, that dialogue has to display and you can't use the app until you've chosen yes or no. And it's only because people are being asked to allow the app to track them. Facebook is certainly doing some other types of information gathering in the app, if you're using the Facebook app or the Instagram app or WhatsApp. But that's just this one element of giving users control of forcing the opt-in choice to be made to users. And I think this is a really good example of where we should be going in the future.
2: None of this should be opt-out, it should all be opt-in. Absolutely agree, yeah. When it comes to privacy, always assume that users want privacy unless they say, no, I'm happy to have my experience enhanced by giving up some of my privacy. Enhanced. I like that. Okay. Air tags. We've talked a lot about air tags and it's time to
1: talk again. Apparently some people are selling air tags on eBay and Etsy with deactivated speakers. Now, what this means is if someone's planted an air tag on you, say in your bag or your pocket, you won't get an audible alert if you're being tracked. Now, if you're on an iPhone, you would still get a dialogue
2: on your iPhone, but you wouldn't get this on an Android phone. This is really interesting, because imagine a silent AirTag, right? The whole reason why you might not want your AirTag to make any noise is if you're using it for tracking somebody else, and you don't want them to know that they have the AirTag on them, right? So um, that's kind of sneaky. Now, you may still get the alert on on your phone, again, if you're using uh, an iOS device, but you're not gonna get any alert generally if you're using an Android device. Um, Remember, Apple actually did release an app that they call Tracker Detect for Google Play. So if you have an Android device, if you choose to install Tracker Detect, then you can be notified if there's an AirTag traveling with you. But if you don't have that app downloaded, (laughs) then you're not gonna know. So obviously this is a little bit creepy. And the only reason why... You would want a silent AirTag as if you're trying to track somebody else. I can't think of any other reason why you would necessarily need that speaker disabled. And yet, this is something that is allowed to be sold, right? It's not actually breaking any law to have in your possession an AirTag that doesn't have its speaker enabled. I wonder if the Connecticut man who was arrested after police witnessed him
1: attempting to use Apple AirTags to track a victim's car had a speaker in the AirTag. This is an interesting story. We were discussing this before the show. More and more of these stories are surfacing, and there could be two things. One is that news organizations are seeing that there are stories about this, and that when they have a story in their area, they think, well, we should talk about it. The other is that stalkers are learning from these articles what they can do with air tags, and that this might become more prevalent. In this case, it was actually the police who saw him. This is someone who was charged with stalking plus violation of a protective order. So there had already been a restraining order against a particular person person. But he was charged with a felony, including first degree stalking. An air tag,
2: putting an air track on someone's car could be a felony. Interesting. So that's something to keep in mind. If you've ever considered tracking somebody else without their knowledge or consent, um, don't do it. I mean, not, not only is it creepy, you could actually be breaking laws and serving jail time for it. Okay. Here in the UK, an article in The Guardian
1: today surprised me that the UK government wants to require Reddit and Twitter users to prove that they are over 18 because there is adult content available on Reddit and Twitter. And I kind of shake my head. Does that mean that uh, should should I have to prove that I'm over 18 to use Safari to browse the web? Should I have to prove I'm over 18 to go to any website? And then the the point is that if this was a site where all of its material was adult material, then you might have some sort of an argument. But saying that Twitter and Reddit, because they have some adult material, require proof of age seems
2: just strange, crazy, weird. Well, since you mentioned the whole should I have to be 18 to use Safari thing, I think it's it's really funny to me that any web browser that you use on iOS that you get from the App Store, they all say that they're for age 17 plus. And they do this, of course, because of parental controls. They want to make sure that, uh, you know, you're not uh, as a child, you're not able to download something that's going to potentially allow you to circumvent whatever parental controls your parents have put on there. And so you know they say all browsers are age seventeen plus. I, I think that's kind of funny. Obviously, they're trying to protect children, right? I mean, that's that's the the idea behind this. Where it gets sort of weird is I I can't imagine that Twitter and Reddit and sites like this would ever completely lock out you know everybody from using the entire site. I, I just there's no way they would do this. Twitter and Reddit are both accessible without logging in, right? There are portions of the site that maybe would have to require login, but. For Twitter this is a lot more difficult. Well, if
1: you want to send direct messages you need to log into an account. But you can you can use Twitter as read only without logging in.
2: Yeah, Reddit's a little bit different because you do have Reddit communities, right? And so you could have communities that are 18 plus right. that would require you to log in to see any of that content. Twitter is kind of a different thing because Twitter doesn't have silos. Like they don't have like a subsection of Twitter where you can see adult content. It's just, you know, Depends on what specific accounts you're choosing to follow. So this would be a really difficult I thing, I think, for Twitter to implement. Unless, uh, you know, they modify their site to ensure that any account that self-labels as an 18-plus account would not be accessible unless you logged in. At least when you're coming from a UK
0: IP address.
2: Okay, we're going to take a break and then we're going to talk about breakups.
1: See what I did there?
0: Protecting your online security and privacy has never been more important than it is today. Intego has been proudly protecting Mac users since 1997, and our latest Mac protection suite includes the tools you need to stay protected in 2022. Indigo's Mac Premium Bundle X9 includes Virus Barrier, the world's best Mac anti-malware protection. Net Barrier, for powerful inbound and outbound firewall security. Personal backup will keep your important files safe from ransomware and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Best of all, it's compatible with macOS Monterey and the latest Apple Silicon Macs. Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from Intigo.com today. When you're ready to buy, Intego Mac Podcast listeners can get a special discount by using the link in this episode's show notes at podcast.intego.com. That's podcast.intego.com. And click on this episode to find the special discount link exclusively for Intego Mac Podcast listeners. Intego, world-class protection and utility software for Mac users, made by the Mac security experts.
1: Okay, we're coming up on Valentine's Day, and I confess when I came up with the idea for writing this article, I did not think of this. I have an article on the Intego Max Security blog called Bad Breakup, How to Stop Sharing Data with Your Ex on iPhone and iPad. And what prompted me to write this article is Apple's personal safety user guide, where they talk about all sorts of things about privacy and sharing data. And just before the show, we were talking and Josh said, well, it's Valentine's Day next week, so we have to talk about this. I Looked on Google, 7% of adults in America say they've broken up with someone on Valentine's Day, and a similar number have broken up with a partner shortly before or shortly after Valentine's Day. So 6% and 6% and 7%, 19% of people have broken up around Valentine's Day. I guess it's a sensitive day for people in relationships. So if you are breaking up, well, we're sorry that it ended bad, but we've got some tips for you because you don't realize how much data you could be sharing with your ex. And if you don't take some actions, they can tell what you're doing and they can keep their eyes on you pretty easily. So the first thing to look at, I've got a number of steps in this article. There'll be a link in the show notes. The first thing to look at is family sharing. I don't use family sharing, but Josh, I believe you do. You can set up a group with parents and kids, Mm -hmm. and anyone in the group can access any of the content that's been purchased or subscriptions like Apple Music, Apple TV,
2: and use shared iCloud storage. Yeah, exactly. And so this is something that, you know, you may not think is such a big deal to to share with somebody else, even if you have broken up with them. But, uh, you know, there are some things that you may not necessarily want somebody to still be able to access. For example, um, that shared iCloud storage. Maybe if you're paying for that iCloud storage and the other person, your ex, um, happens to use a lot more storage than you do, maybe you don't necessarily want them to still be using all of that storage. And uh, so that might be a good reason to kick them off of your family sharing. Well, in addition, you
1: might not want them to see movies that you bought or rented or the music you're listening to. And family sharing can also work with shared calendars and reminders lists and shared albums and photos. So there's a lot of data that can be shared. Now, if you're not using family sharing, you'll have to go through a number of steps. And we're going to walk through these. The first one is the Apple ID I doubt that many people listening to this podcast share their Apple ID with someone else, but it's true that in the early days of iOS devices, it might not have been uncommon. You'd share your Apple ID so you didn't have to have separate accounts before family sharing existed. You can share purchases and all that. Well, if someone else knows your Apple ID password, you really should change it right away because One of the things they can do is they can access your email,
2: your iCloud email, and accessing your email gives them access to other accounts you have. Right, exactly. Because imagine that, for example, somebody wanted to get into your bank account. And they didn't know your bank account password. Well, if they you know, went through the process of, I forgot my password, very likely as part of that process, there's going to be an email sent to your account. And so if they can get into your iCloud email, uh, they might be able to get into just about any other account as well through password reset functionality. So that's something to definitely be aware of. Additionally, if they know your Apple ID password, they could change your password. Yep, <laughs> And you probably don't want them to do that either. OK. Physical access to your device. Now,
1: I think one of the two co-hosts on this podcast has an iPad that he shares with his spouse that they both have. I don't know if it's the passcode or touch ID or face ID because it's convenient, right you've you've got a couple and they've got an iPad and you may not keep a lot of stuff on it but you've set it up so you've got you've both put your fingerprints or you both know the passcode am i right about that josh yeah yeah <laughs>
2: Way, way, to subtly hint which of the two co-hosts it was. <laughs> but yeah, th- that's right. There are circumstances where it'll it makes sense um, to to share a device, and so you may have. In fact, when you're talking about a Touch ID device, you can have multiple people's fingerprints because you can enroll several fingerprints per device. So that makes it very easy to share a device between multiple people. But again, if this is somebody that you've broken up with, you probably don't want them to be able to walk by and pick up your device. Uh, Also, hopefully they don't still have a key to your house, right? (laughs) Well, that's another thing, yeah. (laughs) That's outside of the scope of our digital conversation.
1: Well, not entirely because I didn't put this in the article, but you might have a smart lock. I do talk about the home app. We'll get to that Mm. in a minute. But if you do have a smart lock, you need to change that access as well.
2: Right. Good point. So this is something to be aware of as well, that you don't necessarily want somebody to still be able to get into your devices, because once again, that gives access to your email and a whole bunch of other things. So be very careful about Touch ID and Face ID. Okay, location sharing.
1: It's great. Sometimes my partner and I are out someplace and she's gone here and I've gone there and she's going to drive by and I can look in the find my app and find where she is. And it's great until you break up with someone. You don't want people knowing where you are, because if you know where they are. They can know where you are. It goes both ways. It's not a single way. So you go into the Find My app.
2: You tap people. You remove the person. Really important. Yeah. Again, super convenient uh, functionality if you are with somebody, but not necessarily something that you want to still have enabled after a breakup. Again, we're we're hoping
1: that none of our listeners face this situation, but breakups happen, and you know you've you know, just got Va-
2: Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is also known as Singles Awareness Day, so <laughs> we we know there are some of you out there who 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 hate the holiday. So perhaps uh, this will help some of you guys out. Okay, shared
1: photos. Now, you may have a photo album that you've shared, which makes sense. You've shared photos of places you've been and things you've done and pet photos and all that. Well, you want to unshare the albums. But another thing that you might want to do is remove any photos of your ex or you and your ex together so they don't show up in memories on your iPhone. Imagine, you know, you've had a bad breakup and the little photo widget's there in memories. And here you are, you know, in the happier moments.
2: Mm, yes. So if you have a shared album, uh, you can remove subscriber uh, to, to prevent somebody else from still being able to, to get to those photos. I hadn't thought about untagging people that you don't want to, to have recommended or, or just deleting those photos. Um, that, that's, that's probably a good idea, too. Calendars and
1: reminders. My partner and I, we share calendars. We share a reminders list. And if you're sharing a calendar with someone, they know that you're going to be in a certain place at a certain time. And again, if this is a bad breakup, you don't want them to know where you are. So get rid of those share calendars and don't share. If you turn off the sharing on your calendar, don't leave it on for your ex's calendar so you know what they're doing. That's just, you know, life doesn't go well like that. Same for a reminders list. My partner and I, we have a shopping list that we share. So there's
2: nothing exciting on it. It's like olive oil and raisins and milk. (laughs) But some people may share other things on a reminders list. Yeah, the the calendar one, I feel like that one's kind of a potentially bigger deal because, you know, if, for example, you have a Zoom link to uh, a meeting with your divorce lawyer, uh, (laughs) you probably don't want your ex to be able to access that. Okay, messages. Now,
1: messages is interesting because you could keep your ex in your messages list. and you may, I mean, there may be reasons that you need to get a message. So you set up a meeting at the divorce lawyer, for example. But there are a number of things in messages you might want to turn off. One of them is sending read receipts. So if you send a message in messages and the read receipts is on, it will show the person that you've read the message. You'll see one you'll see one thing in messages it's delivered, and then you'll see when it's read. You can also share focus status, and I'll link to an article on the Indigo Max Security blog about focus, which is the sort of do not disturb thing, you don't want someone to know that, well, I'm in the gym. So this is, I've set the focus status to gym, or I've set the focus status to meeting. And you also don't want this new shared with you thing. So if someone sends you a link to, hey, check out this website, and this
2: will show up in Safari in the shared with you section, you want to kind of turn all that stuff off. Another thing that you can do here is you can choose to hide alerts from that person. So if you just don't want to hear from them at all anymore, you can check that box. Or you can delete them from your contacts, but you still
1: may actually need to have some communication. Okay, if you have an Apple Watch, you may be sharing activity with someone in the fitness app. You might want to turn that off because if they know that you've
2: been out running for three hours, they know where you go running and that sort of thing. So for me personally, I don't think that one's probably as big of a deal. I mean, it, it all depends, right? It depends exactly on how you're using all these features. That might not be a big deal to you to to share your exercise status. But at the same time, if, again, bad breakups, may, maybe you've got uh, your ex, you know, looks at your physical activity and goes, see, that's why I broke up with them because they don't <laughs> exercise enough. <laughs> Oh, Josh.
1: Okay. Um, Third-party apps. There are a lot of third-party apps. And and the one example I give in the article is you could be using an exercise app that tracks your location. And we've talked about Strava in the past, and, and we talked about it a moment. People were able to discover the location of a U.S. military base in Afghanistan by the heat maps in Strava, because there were lots of people running around this area. And if you shared information with someone through an app like that, it might show your actual location of where you've been cycling, running, hiking, walking, whatever. There are probably a lot of different apps where you can share data. It's a thing to share data in apps. And you might want to check any
2: third-party apps that you have to make sure that you're not sharing sensitive data. This one's a little bit trickier because, you know, there's so many third party apps where you might have been sharing information like that. So this is one where you're going to have to really rack your brain and think, you know, what, where else might I have shared something with that person? Well,
1: at the same time, it's a good idea to go through all the apps on your phone or your iPad and see if there are some, you don't recognize that maybe your ex has installed an app because they had access to your phone. And we talked earlier about Touch ID and Face ID. And your ex might have credentials for you in different apps, which, you know, could give them access to other information. So it's important to check all that stuff just to be sure. Home, the home app I mentioned earlier, smart locks and house keys. But what about if you've got cameras in your house or around your house? You don't want your ex being able to see anything in the camera. So you can go into the home app, you tap the house icon at the top left, you tap home settings. In people, you'll see people who you're sharing the home with and tap remove person. Don't try to you know look at one little thing at a time, take them out completely. But remember. If you've got, say, a Ring doorbell, well, that's a separate sharing because it's not in the Home app. So you'll have to go into that app as well. So any kind of smart
2: home security app, you need to make sure that you're not sharing data with someone else. Exactly. And not everything will tie in with the Home app. So you may have some things in the Home app and you may also have some others that you need to configure separately, like Ring, for example.
1: If only to make sure that your ex can't turn on and off your smart lights, you know, to wake you up at night or things (laughs) like that. (laughs) It's (laughs) it's entirely possible It is (laughs) <laughs> i mean we're, right. we're trying to add a little levity here and I know that breakups are not always a very positive
2: situation but when while we're talking about these third-party apps and those kind of integrations um, one thing that you probably should be thinking about too is your amazon devices maybe you have a digital voice assistant like uh, amazon's Alexa for example and again if somebody has that app configured on on their phone they might be able to activate your device they might be able to drop in in on you and listen to conversations going on in your home, you will get a little noise that alerts you um, if you have your volume turned up enough. You you will know if somebody's dropping in on you. But uh, that's another thing to definitely be aware of as well.
1: While you're at it, remove them from your Amazon Prime subscription. There's no reason why they should get free shipping anymore. <laughs>
2: Yep. Yeah, delete their address out of there. Don't let them use it. Okay, that's enough for this week.
1: I hope that for most of our listeners, you have a happy Valentine's Day. Until next week, Josh, stay secure.
0: All right, stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to follow us in Apple Podcasts or subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review.